Hey, welcome back to another episode of another bourbon show. Uh, first time we haven't had a guest in a little while, right? Or did we have them back to back? Yeah, we had them like three times in a row, maybe. But I think three yeah. out of four. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we've had a lot. And two of them have been Connor, so it's been a dry spell. It's been shitty. It yeah. has. We had the one bright spot of having Kelly on, um, which, let's be real, that's never going to happen again. Nope. She's, nope. We burnt that bridge. <laughs> we easily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously crushed that one. Hey, but tonight we are going to be drinking a High West product. Um, and I'm excited about this one. I, Steven, you've had this one before, right? I have not. You have not. Ooh. I've seen this one on the shelf and ended up passing because of the price, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. You will. I've never tried it. Okay. And Ryan, have you had this one? I have not. Okay. But before, I love that fucking bottle, by the way. The one that I'm about to show? Yeah. Oh, this is, okay. (laughs) Yeah, let's just, let's just get into it. Tonight, we are going to be drinking some High West Boo Rye and... To be clear, it is pronounced burai. I've heard a few people mistakenly pronounce it burai. And Stephen, I wasn't even going to call you out. Notice how I said I've noticed. I've heard a few people call it burai. One of the proud few. It's burai, and I thought it was Boyer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is specifically batch 22A10. So the uh, it was batched A stands for January. Um, this was the 10th batch in January of 20, 2022. That's how the 22A10, that's what that tells you. Uh, so Burai is a combination of bourbon and rye. And if you combine those two word parts, it is burai. So, but strangely, everybody at the distillery calls it burai. So, a lot of um, people to be wrong in a close proximity to where it's made. Weird. <laughs> Fuck, I hate you sometimes. <laughs> but he, before we get into, yeah, I don't know the mash bill. I don't care about the mash bill. Uh, for once, I don't care about it. Um, I'm actually going to do something that I've never done before. And I'm going to talk about the label before Steven does. And I'm not going to give it a rating. All I'm going to do is throw out there like what Ryan was saying. And that's that this is probably my favorite label on the planet. I don't care what you rate it, Steven. The like tying in the antelope. I'm sorry, the jackalope combination of a jackrabbit with an antelope on a bourbon rye combination i think it's just brilliant um but yeah it's 80 bucks it's 92 proof um we'll get into what it tastes like in a second but before we do anything else steven what do you think of that label well i'm gonna largely agree with you i like it a lot um it's one of the uh offerings that you can see on the shelf from high west that i think out of all their i think all their stuff looks nice right we've always complimented um, their stuff from a label standpoint, the overall bottle aesthetic in, in the names they give it even. And I agree with you that I think that it's cool to do the the jackalope with the, the burai, but I'll say that it doesn't burai. It doesn't immediately make sense if you just look at it. Like 
because if you don't know what it is, if you don't already know it's bourbon and rye, then it it doesn't immediately occur to you. So it just looks like some kind of like quirky label, maybe, but it still stands out. So for that reason, I don't think it's as good as like Midwinter Night's Dram because I just think it's such a clever play on words, cool aesthetic, and the name has the useful, you know, part of telling you exactly when it comes out. So I think all those things set it up a little bit further, but I'll give it a nine out of 10. Um, I think it's super good label. I think everything's all well balanced. I love, I just love the lettering on it as well. It's it's just a really, really well done label. And it's the perfect size for the label too. Notice if you're at home and you're making your little bourbon label for your up and coming whiskey, and you think that, you know, you're going to go with a, like a long slender bottle like this. I think this is like the perfect spacing as well. Cause everything just looks really well balanced on it too. Super readable, super nice. Cool. Um, Ryan, do you want to add anything about the label? I just think it, it, it pops out. I mean, obviously the glassware for high West is, is top notch. Some of the best you'll see in the game. I think, um, from like the sketching just on the bottle and every label stands out too. And they have some really nice wooden, like wooden rack display pieces. So when, when you put those bottles on like any display piece of high West, it's hard not to buy a bottle off of it, but I like this a little more than midwinter. I just think it looks awesome. And I can't believe they were like, how was there never a, a boo rye from another? How did not a single <laughs> bourbon or, or rye company think, Hey, let's combine them and name it boo rye or, Bur, uh, bur, whatever you call it, Stephen. Um, oh, it's really easy, Ryan. It's just <laughs> bourbon and rye. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't believe it took that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing I want to say about the label specifically is just that to me, like this, it, the reason this is actually my favorite label of any label that I've ever seen in my life is like, so that Midwinter's Night's Dram label it's beautiful. Like that, that's a piece of art, right? But this is like, it's a little bit tacky, but it's funny. It, it has, it, it, it has its own personality, but it still like explains what it is. It's got the information. Um, like this is but something that I would put on my basement wall. Right. Like I would stick this up on my base. Would I stick the Midwinter's Night's Dram label on my wall in the basement? No, that would go like in the dining room. Right. Like that's kind of fancy looking. This is not. This is fun. And that's what it's nice that not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah, exactly. They're able to have fun and do that. Yep. And I've never seen that bottle in Chicago or anywhere and up by me. I might have just missed it, but I've never once seen it, which sucks. So maybe that's why I like the bottle as much as I do because it's like the great white Buffalo. Yeah. The, these are limited release. Um, they are not the easiest to acquire. Um, like when, at least from in, in this area, Missouri and Illinois side um, are not easy to acquire. If you see a store that has one, they are going to get them the next go round too, right? Like, a batch of these comes out every three or four months, probably. So when once you find a store that carries them and has access to them, they're going to have more whenever the next batch comes out. So don't grab 10 of them because you're 
there is no real secondary market for them. Um, they're not going away. So, so just grab one and then grab another one three months from now when they're back on the shelf with the next batch. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. And if you can't go three months without having a bottle of this, then you weren't watching a review of it anyway. Let's be yeah, honest. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Honest to goodness. Good, good point, Stephen. So what do you say? This, we wanna... this nose is unbelievable. It is, right? <laughs> it kind of takes me back to being a kid. I get great Laffy Taffy when I smell the nose. I can see that a little bit. I yeah. can. I can too. You know, I, when I smell this, it's almost like whenever you, you know how whenever you're looking at a, like a bakery or something like that, or you see somebody bring out a dessert that has like a lot of chocolate on it maybe, and it looks kind of dense or something. I would say that the same sensation or the same reaction that you have when you just see that is what I have when I smell this, which is that's rich. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be a very rich, very decadent kind of experience. And you get that visually. You don't have to even taste it. You just kind of know sensory wise. Mm-hmm. And when I smell it, that it's rich in a bourbon way whenever mm-hmm. I smell this or rich in a, in a rye way whenever mm-hmm. I smell this. Or in a burai way. Or a burai way, you know. Or a burai no, way. No, in a burai. Burai. <laughs> well, I'm going to sip it. Cheers. So. Cheers. It tastes a lot like how it smells. <laughs> Does it remind you of anything? I got to keep drinking it. That's easy to do. It's the first time, first sip I've ever had. So, but what were you thinking? You want me to try to guess? No, no, I'm not trying to make a game out of it. Just <laughs> um, for me. It reminds me of two things, and it'll make sense what it makes. I'll what say it one. Of. Okay. Go. And this might be sacrilege, but I, it reminds me a little bit of Stag Jr. Oh, I don't get that. I don't know. No, that wasn't where my brain was going, but I can kind of see it. I can it's just because it. it's an intense finish. Or maybe I just drank a lot. I don't know. You probably <laughs> drank a lot. <laughs> but but it, it was a very warm, spicy finish to this that, that punched me in the mouth. So the, the two things that it reminds me of are, number one, smoke wagon. And number two, it reminds me of that, oh, I hate saying this. It's painful to say, but it shouldn't be. That barrel pick of Jepson's that you sent us, Ryan. <laughs> it reminds me of those two. And there is a reason for that. Part of what, what we're drinking is MGP whiskey that gets blended with the High West whiskey. Okay. So there's some... It makes sense that Similarities, I would yeah. be pulling out some of those similarities. But yeah, I def you you can taste it and you know it's the MGP rye, right? You like you can tell. Um, it's just got that MGP rye flavor to it, in my opinion. Yeah. But then it's got more complexity. It lacks this like the sort of cinnamony quality that you get with with uh 
uh, smoke wagon. And I think that if you, I'd, I guess I'd be interested if you put an ice cube in this, exactly what would come out. But I think that my first reaction is that it, you'd lose a little too much with this. So it's funny because on the High West website, they always give recommendations on how to drink their different, do what you want. And they're very clear about that on their website too. But they, the only thing they say is, you know, sip it neat, add some water if you want to. We do not advise putting ice in it. Yeah. They like make that point that they don't recommend it. If you want to feel free. Because I'll say that I think the, the bourbon part of this, or if you call it boo I guess the boo part of this is the, um, is probably the, the bourbon part. I think mm -hmm. that the bourbon qualities, if you're a bourbon drinker and you're trying this as maybe sort of a more of an excursion type thing and you don't drink a ton of rye, I think that you'll be kind of alarmed at how heavy that rye ends up coming out, you know? And I think that if you put an ice cube in it, that's going to be the first thing to go. And it's yeah. going to be a kind of a watered down rye at that point. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. It, you get a lot of that rye at the end. Yeah. Bursts with flavors in the beginning and then levels out and then it starts to you get that bite yeah it's a it's a very flavorful whiskey to say the least like a lot a, a lot of very pleasant things happen simultaneously um and then it sticks with you like i get that pepperiness on my tongue and that and that's what lasts a long time for me is that peppery rye spice finish I don't get people who don't like rye. Oh, it's either. it's really odd to me. Or, or I, I should say I don't get people who don't like rye that do like bourbon. Mm -hmm. Because to me, if you like bourbon, specifically bourbon, not necessarily like Tennessee whiskeys or anything like that. If you specifically like bourbon, to me, it's almost inseparable, the rye aspect of it. And it goes so hand in hand. And I, I just tend to love, you know, high rye whiskeys, I guess. But to me, it's just, they, they sing together so well. It's like peanut butter and chocolate or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say before this podcast, and even the last few times we've done like rye months or two or three ryes in a row, I always just saw it on the shelf, that little two-foot section after the bourbons or right before the bourbons where they just pile everything. I'm like, ah, I'll stick to bourbon. So it's... It's almost a marketing thing. It's, yeah. I mean, there, there definitely is some of that, but categories booming. It's huge, but some Why people are still scared of it. Yeah, but some people are still scared of it. Yeah. You know, or they see it as a, a lesser of the two. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I mean, I've you guys have probably heard me say it for years that like once you graduate from bourbon, you start to appreciate rye. Like it's more complex. It's um yeah, it's it's more complex, but you can do more with rye. Um yeah. So anyway, I, I, I hope it starts keeps getting more attention. I'll say that for all the hype bourbon has, um, the rise we've drank have had way more variance in them than the bourbons we have. And I mean that from the, the top, top shelf, high, hardest to find bourbons to the worst bourbons we've had. I think that the, it's a razor thin margin on the kind of flavors and whatnot you can get. And there's good ones and there's bad ones. I'm not saying there's not a difference to them, but there was such a vast, just a, a massive, a gulf of differences between the rise. Yeah, especially then when you start considering like the barrel finishings, 
right? Like, um, adds, you know, throw it on a port wine and suddenly it completely changes the dynamics of what it is you're drinking. Uh, throw the exact same rye whiskey instead of in a port barrel, throw it into a gin barrel. And it's just a com- like completely different experience. And uh, yeah, so basically what I'm trying to say is, Stephen, you're right. I that it pains me to say, but you're right. And I'll yeah. just edit that in right after I say burr rye. No, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, I did want to mention something, and that's that uh, it was pretty cool. So on TikTok, there's this guy who follows me, and he comments every now and then, and he like uh, – he tags me and he mentions me and he does a lot of stuff like that. And he and I have interacted a few times, but very few. I found out recently that he is one of our listeners here too. And that he drank, he bought a bottle of Peerless bourbon specifically because of us on this show. And I don't know if he followed me on TikTok first and then started listening to the podcast or if he started listening to the podcast and followed me later. I don't know what which came first, but I really do want to give him a shout out because he's a really, really nice guy. And those are kind of few and far between, not only just on, I mean, especially on TikTok, um, but just like generally speaking, they're kind of few and far between. So Brett... Um, dude, thanks for the follow. Thanks for the comments. Um, I have not been very active on TikTok lately, but I've, I, I saw you tag me. So thanks for the kind words. And I'm glad you finally enjoy drinking that peerless that you, so the, the story goes that he bought peerless. He tried his first sip of it and he did not like it. And he came back to it like two or three weeks later to give it another try. And he was just like, Oh, holy shit. This is good. And he, like has loved it ever since then. But that first time he cracked it, he bought because of us didn't enjoy it and then came back and absolutely loved it. So that's the story with Brett. And uh, so I want to, I want to say Brett cheers since we know you're listening. And that's a good lesson too, that, you know, things strike you at different times, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's very situational and the company that you're with, we've talked about that a couple of times. So it can elevate what you're drinking or just, make it worse you know yeah and well, and if he didn't like it at least he has one of the coolest looking bottles to have in a bar yeah he seriously bludgeon <laughs> somebody with the topper <laughs> yeah. it's all right closest i ever got to <laughs> being a craft beer dude was probably showing you guys steven at least shiner which was not crap like that shiner was making beer when I lived in Texas. But so, Illinois, it seems crafty because it's not. Texas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, but that was as craft as I got. I mean, I still like Schlafly every now and then. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, pretty good. but I think I helped you move one day for like 12 hours in the snow and you gave me some Shinerbach and Little Caesars. That's correct. <laughs> that is but that was the first time you'd ever had Shiner, correct? Yeah. I mean, I didn't say it wasn't worth it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was, uh, that was a shitty move. I thought I tore my bar, my bicep that day. 
Yeah, with that fucking your your mattress. mattress. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that sucked. And the only casualty besides maybe you know your muscle structure <laughs> was uh was a single bookcase that was kind of shitty and maybe unwanted to begin with, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Annie threw a fucking fit about her Target particle board twenty dollar bookcase. I swear it was like moist before we even got it in the fucking truck. <laughs> I don't know if it was or not, but I was like, I'll buy you a new fucking bookcase for fuck's sake. Get it thrown away, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was probably just damp from the condensation in that library basement apartment she was living in at the time. (laughs) Oh, man, that place, that her apartment was shit. (laughs) And she was like in the basement, like right next to the fucking boiler room. So I'm not shitting you. That's what I'm like, referencing. Her her apartment, I mean, it was probably 120, 125 degrees. I'm not kidding you. We used to like keep every window in her apartment open because otherwise it was just like heat stroke temperatures. Jesus. Did they knock a few bucks off the uh, rent <laughs> as opposed to the other rooms because of that? I mean, the uh, rent was like... 350 400 bucks anyway so (laughs) what are they gonna knock off yeah but hey what do you say we go ahead and rate this let's do it yeah uh who wants to go first anybody i can go first i will okay yeah i'll go first all right let's go ryan steven me yeah like i said that like like purple grape laffy taffy smell and taste to it it's very complex and I know, given the name, it probably was going to be regardless, but just a really approachable thing to drink. And maybe for a lot of people who don't drink a lot of bourbons or rice, I feel like they could drink this and be like, wow, that's complex. It's not too hard to drink. I know you get that spice at the end, but I don't get that long hug. So I feel like in that regards, it'd be a good drink for even early whiskey drinkers. And then people like us, all aspects of of whiskey drinkers, I think would like this, but yeah, just complex, man. Um, I said raisins and grapes and, you know, that vanilla and caramel, it's just doing a lot of good things over at high West. So I'm, I still don't like it as much as midwinters. That's just a hard one to top, but I'm going to go 8.5. I think it's well-rounded, very good. And I'm going to drink, you know, if you guys see a bottle, please grab it for me because I don't think I'm going to here. Yeah, I uh, I like it as well, and I agree with a lot of the things you said, Ryan, that it's super approachable, and it's a good sipper, um, especially if you're not super familiar with Rise, but you're a bourbon guy. It's a good way to ease into it, but there's a lot of the things that we can compare it to that I would I, I prefer to this, and a lot of times it's for either a similar price point or in some cases much less or like a, a considerable amount less. I think that uh, I'm not going to put too much weight on the overall um, price in my ranking here, my my rating, but um, it is a consideration that you should have whenever I fully recommend. I can't fully recommend it at its price point, um, but I would recommend you try it if you just get the opportunity to. So I'm going to give it a 7.6 because I think that it's really solid, um, but... I don't think it tastes like entirely unique, even though it is 
a very unique kind of offering, I guess. It, it, yeah. it, it's not as unique as you might think going into it. I feel like there's a lot of stuff we've compared it to. The fact that we are comparing it to other things kind of yeah. hurts what it is, you know. Um, but it's it's still enjoyable. It's got a great label. It's a great distillery. <laughs> um, just the nose, out, yeah. The nose is out of this world too on it. Yeah. So seven five, you said seven point six. Seven six. Okay. So I've been going back and forth between three different ratings, and I'm just gonna go right in the middle of them. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight point even, just an eight even. Um, and I was thinking seven, nine, eight or eight, one, it's somewhere in there. And really who gives a shit between seven, nine, eight, eight, one, it's an 8.0. Um, I think it's really, really good. Um, I enjoy drinking it. I enjoy sipping it. Um, it's at an, it's 92 proof, but I think that the flavors you get from it make it feel like it's a higher proof. But the alcohol percentage doesn't like, but but you don't get the burn that would be from a higher proof, right? So it's almost like a Michter's product, if you will, that you get all the all of those flavors without that harsh alcohol flavors uh, flavoring with it. I think it's really good. Uh, I do think it's worth eighty bucks, but at eighty bucks, that's not something that you can just at least I and the two of you can't just go around throwing eighty bucks willy nilly, right? Um, but if you've got 80 bucks sitting around not doing something and you want a bottle to throw on the shelf, I'd grab this one if you see it right now, if 80 bucks is really expensive, see if you can get it for 15 bucks at a, at a steak restaurant or, you know, a whiskey bar or something like that, just to give it a try. Um, but I really enjoy it. Borderline love it. Um, I think that this is one of the very best offerings that high West has of that they have so um so yeah i give it an 8.0 even so, oh, 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 oh,